Hello and welcome to Football Funders episode 37. Today, again, it's me, Dan and Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Yeah, again, we've kind of made the show up just before we've come on. So today we're going to discuss Premier League and what's coming for the next season for the clubs. But of course, we'll start with our famous sponsors. We'll start with Let Us Talk Mental Health, who play t- tomorrow night, to- which is Friday the 22nd. So I'm aware that a lot of you won't be able to make it. Um, because the show probably won't be up in time. But please do head over to their Twitter, their Instagram, which is at let us talk underscore MH. Find out how they got on. We were playing in the National Affinity Cup quarterfinal against uh, the Bradley Lowry Foundation South. Uh, it's South End on Sea. So if you're in South End, South Church, Northumberland Crescent, South End on Sea, SS1 2XB. Yes, Ryan. Bradley Lowry, isn't that the young lad from Sunderland? Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's today in the quarterfinal. And, of course, the Proper Blokes Club, which was started in September 2020. You know, just go out for a walk with your friends and people you don't necessarily know. Talk about mental health. Get yourself feeling great. Ryan, you've been on a few. So do you want to explain it to the people? Yeah, I've got a wonderful bunch of weirdos down by me. We all go out. We have a wander. We have a walk. We have a talk. Uh, anything we want to get off our chest, we get, off, we get off our chest. No judgment. If you want advice... Guys tend to lean on each other to ask for a bit of advice if need be. And then nine times out of ten, we walk a couple of miles, turn around, walk a couple of miles back, and then end up at the pub and have a nice drink and do what we're doing tonight, really, which is shooting the shit. So it's all good. Of course, course, if you want to find them on Twitter, they're at Blokes Club. Same for Instagram. I believe their Facebook is just the proper Blokes Club. So if you want to find them, head over there. They also have a website which is www.thepropablokesclub, I think it's .org.uk, but don't, let me double check. .co.uk. .co.uk, I did have it on my screen, but my computer decided to have a moment. So Professionals, honestly. (laughs) I'm not a professional, I don't get paid for this. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we'll, um, we'll jump into the Premier League and we'll start with, should we start at the bottom or should we start at the top? Because we don't really know what the bottom looks like. Does it look like we're going to know what the top's going to look like either? Because it's pretty well, close. At least, we'll, at least we'll know the top four. Will we? Well, okay, the top three, and I have a fairly good idea is finishing fourth. I would say Arsenal Ooh. weren't going to, but actually they did beat Chelsea last Let's start at the top, because the top's less interesting than the bottom. I think the bottom three, just put while we're there, the bottom three, I think, are down. So we'll probably so we'll start with Man City. They, they are top of Premier League right now. The only one area that I've seen any talk of them improving is finding themselves a proper centre forward. Apart from that, <laughs> I mean, if you had to name one person, who would you name for Man City to bring in? Me personally, they can't do it now because he's recently moved. But I would have gone for Dusan Vlaovic, who was at Fiorentina, who has unfortunately now gone to Juventus, purely because he's going to be a damn sight cheaper than the player that they're rumoured to have got a deal for, which is Erling Haaland. Um, which is like a three hundred million pound package over five years. Uh, obviously, if you can get Haaland and you can afford Haaland, then you go for it because he's the best about in in terms of longevity, in terms of record. Currently, you're going to want if you're given a choice. I think we had this conversation before. I think if you're given a choice between Lewandowski and Haaland, you're probably going to sign Haaland. Um, but yeah, because of his age, isn't it? That's I was having this discussion with uh, someone at work, and I said, "Harland, you buy Harland all day because of his age. It's he's twenty-one." Because we were discussing Kane or Harland, and I did understand the Kane argument, but Harland's twenty-one and is already scoring for. My only issue with the Harland deal is I, I sent it in the WhatsApp chat. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, but the rumours are that the agent fee is £40 million. Alfinger Haaland, his father, is going to get a €30 million Euro fee for an advisory fee. Don't ask me why. That's like £70 million quid for people that aren't even actually playing football it's, or working that's, for clubs. That's getting £30 million for shagging his mum. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so well congratulations. This. Yeah. One of your bollocks gave us this, so here's 30 million quid kind of thing. It's bananas. I mean, me personally, if I'm not obviously Pep Guardiola, but I don't think Haaland suits their style. I think he's an amazing player and he's going to be the best 
of his generation, in my opinion. I don't think there's anyone that's going to come close. But if I was Manchester City, I think I'd be looking at someone more like Lataro Martinez, who probably fits into City's style of play better than Haaland does. You know what? I said this the other day and I got laughed at. Do you know who I actually think would be really good centre forward from Man City? Go on. Roberto Firmino. I can see why you'd go down that way. Um, I mean, they should. I think one because I don't. I th- I think his time at Liverpool's arguably up, but I think he's that style of player. I'm not sure his time at Liverpool's up because he's 30, going on 31, so he's got a couple of years left. Play a bit part role, see out your career at Liverpool on a nice big fat contract. But could you not see him going to like Barca? And just having a few years as their main striker, rather than playing a bit part for Liverpool. I could, because Barca seem to sign anyone over the age of 30 that's relatively yeah. cheap. And they've, you know, they've got a £9 billion loan or whatever it is. So. But I think what's going on at Liverpool is so unique that I don't think, I think people would be very, very reluctant to leave uh, of their own free will. I mean, Divock Origi is, is the prime example barely plays, does well when he comes on. And it's only now that he's like 27 years old and his contract's about to expire that he's like, well, I might as well go now. And a Milan, isn't he? Um, I don't know, is he? AC Milan is for the... Divock. Okay, well, the deal's done. To be fair, Divock Origi, I think, give him two years. I think he's got talent, so he'll do there. But I'll get back onto track. Is I actually think Liverpool are going to win the title because... I know City are, I think, a point ahead. But I think Liverpool are just more potent up front than City are. City's, for whatever reason, they're not as in form as they were. They're not breaking teams down as easier. And he rotates the front three a lot. And they don't seem to be having as good a season as they were at the beginning of the season. I think Sterling... I haven't seen much of Sterling this year. Is he off the boil at the moment? Uh, I think I've said it on the podcast before, I refuse to watch Man City games, so I can't answer. Um, and I still don't think Jack Grealish has fit in yet. Don't get me wrong, he's fantastic talent. But I said it when they signed him, I don't think they needed him. And I don't think his style of play suits City because it slows down. And I know you and Pete both said that he'd have to learn to adapt to it. But I'm just not sure he's going to adapt to it. I know me and you have got this big disagreement that he should be a 10 and I've I've only ever seen him play from the left ten. but I'm going to say something really controversial here um, people might agree with me they might not I just don't think he's a scratch on David Silva personally. no 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 if anyone <laughs> says he is then he'd slap it I was worried where you were going but uh, no it's fine <laughs> he's, he's, he's just not <laughs> even remotely the same although they occupy no, no, the no. same sort of space as a pitch it, they're just not even remotely the same player no 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 no, no. I, it, honestly i know it's going to sound really weird but i'm still baffled as to why they signed him i genuinely sure. don't so don't understand why i'm not sure there's many in the world that can say they're up to the level that david silver was criminally underrated as a footballer absolutely right, so on to the second team liverpool in second both of us have said that we think they're going to win the league I don't think this is a, okay. How do I word this? I think Liverpool don't necessarily need to strengthen in any areas for their first eleven. However, if I'm them, I I think you need to find a replacement for Jordan Henderson for the long term. If you depending on if you trust Harvey Elliott as a central midfielder or as a ten. Because I think up from that, everywhere else, they're pretty solid. Declan Rice. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's the perfect replacement for, for Jordan Henderson. Leadership-wise, player-wise, the role that he does, he could easily do Jordan Henderson's role with his eyes closed. Um, he would definitely break Liverpool's uh, financial model. That's, that's <laughs> the only thing for me, is like, would they be able to financially do it? I think they could. I'm not sure whether they will. I was coming into the season convinced that they were, they would move on from Salah and Mane and would need replacing. And then they signed Yota, and now they've signed Diaz. What a player, by the way. I mean... <laughs> what a player. There's your front four. Like, uh, you add Firmino to that. There's your five rotation. You don't really need to add anyone to it because 
at least Salah's going to be there another year, even if he just decides to walk at the end of next season. Yeah, and as we've just talked about, you've got Firmino as backup. Harvey Elliott, I think, could probably play off of the wings as well. If yeah, you really he has done before. To. Curtis Jones has as well. Uh, I'm really, really big fan of Curtis Jones. Really like him. Um, Trent more but, or less does play on the right of them. <laughs> me personally, because I mean, the other question for me was, obviously after the season before, was at centre-back. But uh, they Canate signed Konate, who's done a lot better than I expected. And, and ironically, signing Konate has made Joel Matip a much better player as well. The only downside of it being that it's for Joe Gomez out. Sorry, it'll be a filler next year, but we'll get um, on to them soon. Like I said, I just think Liverpool are a bit more potent. And they've got... It may sound a bit weird, but I think their options up front are better. Oh, yeah, no, they um, are. If, if you look at them player for player, I mean, let's have a quick look. City have got Gradish, Mares, Sterling. Who else am I missing? Jesus. Jesus. And anyone else? Am I missing anyone else? Or is that the lot? There must be someone else. No, that might be it. And then you've got Liverpool. Foden. Foden. And then you've got Liverpool. have got Diaz, the Portuguese guy, Diogo Diaz, Jota. yeah. Jota. Salah, Mane, Firmino. Salah, Mane, Firmino. Divock. Takumi. Divock. Takumi Minamino. I just think they're more... And they they seem to be in better form. So I think all it takes, I think Pep even said it himself, one draw and I think they've lost the title because I can't see Liverpool losing another game because all in all, I still don't, I said it at the season that I thought Liverpool's midfield was maybe ageing and a bit average. I still kind of feel like their midfield could be better. I don't think that they've got an actual star in there, if you know what I mean. They don't, but I think that's what worked well. Thiago, I mean, the performance he put in the other uh, against City and be, Man United. To be fair, but... he, he took a while to settle in and now he's running the show. I said when I think I might have said on the podcast when they signed Thiago, Thiago is never going to be great against the sides that give him like the crappy sides that sit everyone behind. And Thiago's good against sides that he can make those special passes because that's what he's good at. I honestly thought they bought him for the Champions League more than anything. Yeah, so did I. But dictating the game in the Champions League. But he's shown it against the top teams in England as well. To be fair, to he has. To be fair, and Liverpool. I know it sounds really weird coming from a Man United fan, but watching Liverpool is fantastic. I love it actually is. watching watching City. Liverpool. It's so fun. I love watching City and Liverpool because they're very different styles of teams. I but can't watch City. Both getting almost identical results. It, it's been so close between them. Bar the year that they lost all their defenders and Jurgen Klopp, in my opinion, made the ultimate mistake of ripping out his midfield as well. It's been neck and neck between the, those two for the last four years, three years out of four. So um, what interests me most, actually, is who's going to finish third and fourth? Because Chelsea seem to have shit the bed. Everything that's happened seems to have now translated from the top down to the pitch. And the, the the race for fourth is anybody's, really, because no one seems to want to take control of it. Well, I still think Chelsea will finish third. I mean, they're five points clear with a game in hand right now. And I, as you said, I don't think Tottenham, Arsenal, or Man United, or West Ham, for that matter, want to finish up there. <laughs> so we'll move on to Chelsea. Now, I, I will say, you know, I'd like to be asking this again in two months' time. But for me, Chelsea is going to be centre-back. As in, to look to improve next year. Because can they improve next year? Because this is the thing. At the moment, they've still not been sold. Well, if they can, because Rudiger looks like he's going to bugger off. So does Christiansen. So you're left with Calab- um, Chalabar and Silva. You need more. They've got Malinga Saru's playing there at the moment, but I'm not impressed with more. him. Um, I think they will have more. It also, this, this situation still baffles me as to why they sold for Kyle Tomori, but I've beat that drum a million times on this podcast. Um, but the, the problem with Chelsea is, is what's their financial position going to be? They're going to need to actually get rid of Christiansen and Rudiger and probably a ton of other people when you, when you think about it, because their wage bill is so high and Roman Abramovich has been bankrolling it for years. He can't do that anymore because he won't be owning the club very shortly. Did you see today, uh, 21st of April, for those listening, Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams have 
put themselves forward as part of one of the bids. Yes, apparently it's something to do with uh, racial diversity and, and the plans that they've got for, for Ch- Chelsea. I think it's something to do with a certain person's bid or something. Yes, uh, Sir Lord someone. It, to be honest, it sounds like a, a, a load of virtue signaling to me, but... £10 million a pop, apparently. I don't understand what Chelsea are going to do to diversify Chelsea even more when there's not much actually English or British about Chelsea these days, apart from where they play their football and where their stadium is. The owners, Russian, the cooking management staff are German, Italian, Portuguese, the players. How many English men are in their first starting 11? Reese James, Mason Mount. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Loftus cheek. Yeah. But fourth place, the Spuds, Tottenham. Oh, I find this one very difficult. I think it's going to be Arsenal. I, I, don't, I don't think Tottenham are finishing for. Well, no, I just, I'm just going down league order. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Tottenham are currently fourth. Tottenham are going to need a major clear out in the summer. Uh, uh, major the rebuild... Out. <laughs> See, so I've got an answer to what I think they'll do and what I want them to do. I want them to go and sign a new goalkeeper. I think they will. I have a feeling they're just going to rebuild the midfield. They're going to need more than that. They're going to need to sort the centre-halves out for a start because they've gone from having probably one of the best partnerships I've ever seen in the Premier League in Alderweireld and I always get this wrong. But Tonga. Thank you. I always you always him. save him, Marlon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, and now they've, they're muddling between Ron, Roden, Sanchez, Dier, uh, Romero. Like, pick a fucking pair for To be fair, start. Romero's a baller. Well, Someone next good, to Romero. No problem. He's only on loan, so unless well, they no, sign him permanently. He's, he's loaned to permanent. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to have to like sign him permanently. But they're going to need to do that. I think they're going to need to sort out their left-back situation. They're definitely going to have to sort out their right-back situation. Yeah, they do need new wing-backs. Both for Goulion and... Uh... As you said, goalkeeper needs replacing. I understand that they're signing Dejan Kulishevsky, the guy they've got on loan at the moment. Apparently, that's £25 million, which I think is actually a bargain because I've been really impressed with him since he's come in. Uh, Tanga Undombele is Ofsky and I don't think uh, midfield with all due respect to them of Oliver Skip and Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is going to do, do too much for you and I also think if, they, <laughs> if they're going to play with a 10 I think they're going to need a new one well, it's Kulisevsky at the minute I thought he was playing on the right if they play with 5 he plays on the right if they play with 5 at the back then he plays on the right Oh, okay. If they play with four and they go with Lucas Mora, then he plays the side. Oh, okie dokie. Um, so, yeah, I think major surgery needed at Tottenham. Major surgery. Uh, sorry for people doing this at home. You have to watch uh, How I Met Your Mother to understand what me and Dan are doing on camera. <laughs> right, fifth place, Arsenal. Sorry to cough. Arsenal. Um, I feel like this is a Interesting spot, but it's got to be striker, isn't it? Their main focus has to be goal scorer. Yeah, they're going to need a new one because Lacazette doesn't score. I mean, to give to be fair to Mikel Arteta, he's come out today and said that he's treated uh, Eddie and Ketia quite harshly, which I thought you might giggle at because you were like, "Don't touch it with a fucking barge pole." Oh shit! But he he did just spank two goals past Chelsea last night uh, as Arsenal won four two at Stamford Bridge, I believe. Uh, yes. after losing the, the previous three games. Uh, again, major overhaul. Arsenal, major overhaul. Major overhaul. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this is going to fucking... We're going to have to name this podcast Major Overhaul. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. To be fair, they've got a good core to work from, unlike someone like Tottenham, who don't have much of a core no. besides Son and Kane. Um, so they've got a good... Good core to work from. Got, got a good young core as well with decent experience now. Saka, Smithrow. Martinelli, Tini. I'm a big fan of Martinelli. He looks amazing. If they can keep him fit, I reckon he could go right to the top of the game. Yeah, I love Martinelli. And I think 
rightfully so. I've seen uh, people saying that Kieran Tierney is going to be the captain next year of Arsenal. And then I think fair play. I agree. Absolutely. I think one of the best areas that Arsenal are probably in above most of their other teams is actually their goalkeeper and back four because it seems yes. settled, settled in quite nicely. We we criticise the signing of Ramsey, but he's gone up a, a notch. That is the goalkeeper, isn't it? Ramsey. Ramsdale. Ramsdale, sorry. Who, by the way, if I haven't done shit ass for a while, I feel like it's just him weekly. Yes. Have you seen videos of him winding up other fans? Yes. He's it's absolutely delightful. I think yeah. it's just, just, we should maybe just call it the Ramsdale segment or when we get back to, when I get back to finding one. I used to use a Twitter page that would give me a few options. That Twitter page has been closed down. Oh, no, why? So I, I'm now just scrolling the internet to try and find funny stuff, but oh, it's not as good as bollocks. the shit-ass Twitter page. That's absolutely bollocks. Tommy Asu, though, I don't know when Arsenal signed him. Was it the beginning of the, the season? The summer, yeah, but he's... He's, he's been a hell of a signing. Um, ironically, their form dropped since <clears> he got injured. No, well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, for me personally, I think we're going to have to put a team of the season together at the end of, of, of yes. the coming season. I think for me, I think he wins it hands down at right back. I know you've got like Trent and uh, Reese and Matty Cash has done very well. But I think Tommy Arsu has just come out of the blue and really made that right side his own, which has been a problem for Arsenal for years. Even like even the invincible team had Laurent at right back. Exactly, and then they replaced him with Hector Bellerin, who suffered so many injuries that any potential that he had just went out the window. And he had a brain like a sieve, bless. And the centre back pairing of White and Gabriel. Paulista. Second home. Um, Paulista. Is it okay? Then that, they've settled in well. So I think between their back five plus Smith Rowe, Saka. I think they've got a really good future. I think they need a striker and a really good central midfielder to Here really face that. Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe playing centre mid wouldn't be awful. No. I'm not sure he's got the legs for it. That would be my only concern. But moving on to the one that we're all dreading. Should we talk about that Manchester base club, right? <laughs> Do we want to do the whole talk about Man United? Because there's been massive news today. Um, so do we want to do it I now? Mean, well, let's touch on it. We might as well. Manchester United today, for those who haven't heard, have announced the signing of new manager Eric Ten Hag from Ajax. First of all, let me say that if my information is correct, then I have to give credit to the new CEO, COO, chairman, whatever the new title is, Richard Arnold. Because he's done things very differently to his predecessor, Mr. Woodward, Woodward, Woodward. What he's actually done is he's actually let Darren Fletcher and John Murtaugh do their job. And he said, right, you go away and you bring me the list of candidates. And they brought him back the two candidates who we believe to be, yes, Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson. No. Um, (laughs) Carl Robinson. Uh, which was uh, the bloke over in France. I want to say Manuel Pellegrini, but that's completely wrong. Potratino. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I got them wrong. Where's your brain today? And Eric Ten Hag has got the job. I'm cautiously optimistic. The new structure at Old Trafford, as I said, got to give credit to them because he's said to them, you bring me the candidates. You interview them, narrow it down, and I'll have the final say. So, to be fair to Richard Arnold, he's lent on people that actually know about football. You can question whether they should be in the positions that they're in, but to be fair, they do know about football. And then he's made his decision. And Eric Ten Hag has taken Ajax to a semi-final in the Champions League. He's built two teams, one on youth and one on experience. He's got a win percentage ratio of 73% during his time at Ajax, which is phenomenal. I know, obviously, he's playing in Eredivisie, but... Yeah, that's good. You can't knock a 73% win rate. You just can't. Uh, There's a potential for a lot of fantastically talented young players to come with him, as long as... As well as not to mention potential backroom staff. That's the key thing for me. If he's coming in, I want him to rip the backroom staff apart and bring in his own people 
and get these players coached because for the last, I'd say since Mourinho, I don't think the players that have been there on the field have been coached individually. So no one's looked at their progress and said, right, you're not progressing. This is what you need to do to progress. You need to work towards this. We need to focus on this element of your game. And I think as a result, you've seen the likes of Wan-Bissaka, Stahl, uh, Marcus Rashford has completely shit the bed. Everybody just seems to have fallen off. And under Ralph Ranjit, Ralph Ranjit doesn't seem to be leading them anywhere. So for me, this can only be good news. Yeah, what is I your think... take on Eric Ten Hag? No, I completely agree. Um, the one thing I want to stress to United fans and to the rest of the Premier League, do not judge this man on what he does next season. Yes. I don't want to see this time next year, I don't want to be sitting on this podcast with other people or Twitter going, well, look what he's done. No, 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 no. This, I will judge him in three years' time. Three, four years' time. when Because it's going to take more than one window to sort this nonsense out. This is going to take years. This squad is pony. Alex Ferguson took four years before he built a side capable of doing anything. And this side is much, much worse. Despite the unbelievable talent that is actually in there, this side is completely devoid of leadership, uh, structure, purpose. It's gone down to shit. I mean, let's look at the squad. We have to. (laughs) I was actually just saying... I actually just went, well, I know what place I want to improve. And then I went, ah, uh, no. Let's look at it. Goalkeeping, you could probably argue, is their strongest place at the moment. And one of them's De- leaving. Yeah. David De Gea has had a renaissance. Um, must be contract due to him. Yeah, probably. And then he'll shit the bed again. Um, <laughs> Dean Henderson is still there, and I hope he stays, because I really want him to be number oh, one. Oh, he's not going to. Uh, and obviously there's a, there's a couple of backups I think Lee Grant's still there and who's the other fella who's still there Tom Heaton thank you very much right back Dallo impressed in Italy has not impressed here Wan-Bissaka I think is salvageable agree or disagree uh, yes I, I'm, I'm pro Wan-Bissaka Luke Shaw, I think, could be salvageable, but I don't think he's going to, despite what he did for England and last season, I don't think he's going to be a solid, dependable left-back. He's going to go up and he's going to go down. I think Luke Shaw's solid, but I don't think you can trust him to be fit throughout a season. I don't nine think you can trust him. When, I think the problem for, for me with Luke Shaw is he's very much a confidence player. When his confidence is high and everything's going well, he's a sensational player. But when it's not going well and you need to dig in, that's where he lacks. And the left, the other left back that we've got is Alex Tellez, who I think will probably leave because technically very gifted, defensively not very good. The like only him. small mercy is we've got Brandon Williams coming back. And I love him. He had a very good first season for us. And then for some reason, they sent him out on loan to Norwich and it's not gone as well. I watched him got ripped apart by Dialang Jayasimi. Yeah, but he is playing for Norwich. Yeah, but Dialang Jayasimi plays for Cholton. Yeah, but... Well, no, that's not true. Dialang Jayasimi sits on the bench for Cholton. <laughs> Centre-half is... Grim. Pretty grim. Varane came in and, and I raved about Varane, stay fit. But can't stay fit. Harry Maguire's shot to shit. Someone please remove his captaincy straight away. When Harry, when I saw the team sheet, it said Harry Maguire and Phil Jones. I was like, where's my popcorn? This is going to be a good one. Phil Jones, I actually feel sorry for Phil Jones because so he hasn't I, played still... in fucking ages. And then Ranjit goes, okay, we're going to start you in a back three in a completely different formation against one of the best teams because in the world. Liverpool. Um, yes, <laughs> let's see how you do. Um, so Phil Jones is going to have to go. Eric Bailly is another one who I like because he's actually a really good last-ditch defender. But the rest of his game's shit, so he's got to go too. Lindelof, I think, is the only one that arguably might benefit from Eric Ten Hag because he's very good with the ball at his feet. I actually think Lindelof is very good if you play a three. 
Yes, he is. He proves it for Sweden all the time. Right side of a three, good. Right side of a two, no. Oh, good. <laughs> I actually think if you're playing a, a four, I actually think you could use him quite effectively as a right back. I think we've talked about this before. He could he could be the one to benefit. Axel Twanzebe, I think he's coming back, or is he signed permanently for Villa? Um, I mean, he's currently lost in Italy somewhere, not playing any football. So, uh, oh, did he move from Villa? Yeah, he's in Napoli. He went to Napoli in January. Oh, okay. Um, I must have missed that one. I, I mean, he's gone to Napoli, and I think he's played about four games. He's coming back, but I've got my reservations about him. As good as he we, is defending... He could get in a Villa team that had Tyro Mings in it. So, As good as he is defending, he seems to be a bit of a no-fly zone, as in you can just bomb all over his head, and he can't head a ball. <laughs> so I saw it at Villa when they come up and people were raving about him. I'm like, yeah, he's great as a... As like tackling his position is very good, but the ball flies over his every shit. So good to be international. Yeah, I mean, fucking Jesus. Uh, uh, any of those centre backs that you really want to keep? I know I don't. Uh, I mean, um, if Varane can stay fit, you keep Varane. Varane that- and Lindelof maybe, but Harry Maguire's shot to shit. And I, uh, I'm sorry, he's well, never been an 80 million pound defender in uh, his no. life. He'd be like the only reason we paid 80 million for him is because. He's English. He's, he's English. That's it. If, if he wasn't English, we'd be paying about 35 million. You wouldn't be buying him at all. <laughs> Pe- people comparing him over the years to Rio Ferdinand, it makes me vomit. It genuinely does to, to, to even put them in the same bracket. Yeah, so my first of all, and as I've said on this podcast for a year now, the position I was going to go for was, and it's something that I've sung all year, I was going to say they need new midfield, which they do. Yeah, they do need a new new midfield. However, we've just discussed the defenders, and actually, before we even started, that was my first thought: was oh, we need a midfield. No, their defense is shit. But then you move into the midfield and break the midfield down, and that's also shit. And it's going to be half empty because Pogba's leaving. It's going to be fre- ironically. I've spent all season slagging them off. It's going to be Fred and McDominay. <laughs> yes, that's all we're going to have left because Pogba's leaving, and Nemanja Matic has already announced that he's going to be leaving Man United at the end of the season. How that's quite going to work, I don't know. But um, and he's I think going to be leaving with a year left on his contract. So I'm very, very intrigued to see Van der Beek's future because I know he'll be back at United. There's rumours that uh, Ten Hag has told him, me and you, son, we're going to be buddies. So very interesting to see if he becomes an eight or a ten. I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of lineup we get. But essentially, we're left with Fred... McTominay and Van der Beek is the central midfield option. My only concern with Ten Hag coming in is... How quickly you sign Sebastian Haller? No, is what's actually going to happen to Scott McTominay. Because from my opinion, I think Scott McTominay has been Manchester United's best midfielder this season. People can argue with me if they want to. The fact that he didn't play against Liverpool and they went with Matic and Pogba in central midfield was baffling. Absolutely baffling. The one defensive-minded midfielder you've got and you leave him on the bench. You've got, you've got two midfielders creating, trying to cover that much space and you play Matic. It's nonsense. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm worried that I might actually see a midfield next season of Van der Beek and Fred. That does concern <laughs> me. Freddie boy. And then, obviously, the front Listen, line is probably where you're strongest. I've got to be, I've got to be clear here. Fred has got a lot of shit from everywhere, including on this podcast. But I've got to give him credit because he's actually improved this season massively. And he's one of the very few players that actually looks like he gives a fuck. Oh, I'll give give him that. Him and McTominay are the only two that actually look like they seem to care. So try hard. Lingard's off as well because his contract's expired. Jaden Sancho, yes, okay, you want to keep him. Get to Lingard uh, in a minute, ironically. Ahmed Diallo will be back, but whether he'll be first team... I mean, I he won't know. be because he's he can't get in the Rangers Thanks. team. Okay. We've got young options in Alanga, Showtire. Uh, I love Alanga. Rashford, if we can rescue him, then... Okay. I'm not sure he's going to work for Ten Hag because he's not as technically gifted as he thinks he is. Um, the worrying part is Cavani's not been fit this season, so I think he'll leave. 
Um, I don't know where he is at the moment, but he is like 35. 30. He's leaving anyway, isn't he? So, there's um, there's rumours in South America that he signed a deal with one of the big Brazilian clubs for the, for, I think for from Christmas onwards. I don't know if maybe he'll sign like a part-time deal because their season runs December through, doesn't it? Because Brazil's schedule's fucked up. Uh, Martial's coming back. He's another one we're going to have to try and shift. <laughs> Forgot about him. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I can't see him staying. Where did he go? He went to Spain. So it's, it's uh, Apparently, they don't want him. Um, Are you surprised? To go. Uh, we're going to have Ronaldo, who, by the way, my heart bleeds for him. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that, sadly, one of his twins passed away yeah. during childbirth. Liverpool, heart to be fair. Bleeds. One of those it's, moments where the world took over football and yeah, um, that you'll never walk alone was beautiful. Absolute shout out to Liverpool fans and Liverpool players and everybody involved with that. And as a Man United fan, I would also actually like to condemn and apologise for the behaviour of some of my uh, my club's fans for, again, singing disgusting songs about Hillsborough it's absolutely distasteful and it's not the vast majority of the fans. Unfortunately, it's a few minor morons. And again, I can only applaud Liverpool's fans and Liverpool Football Club for the gesture that they showed for Ronaldo. Uh, so Ronaldo will stay. Beautiful. The issue yeah. around Mason Greenwood, unfortunately, there's no news. It's not going to end soon. So you can't count on Mason Greenwood. So just looking at that, I'm sure there are other players that we've forgotten to mention that are either in the background out on loan or somewhere. Um, but Manchester United is going to need a complete overhaul. Complete overhaul. Uh, the good thing is, is it's... Oh, again, I'm going to give credit to Richard Arnold and to... Uh, Darren Fletcher and John Murta, they've already started adjusting things behind the scenes. Our head of uh, global scouting has gone. Our chief scout, who's been with us for about 16 years, has gone. And don't get me wrong, he's done a very good job for 16 years, but sometimes 16 years in a job for anyone can be too long and sometimes you need to change. So changes are already being made at the club and new managers coming in, old staff are going out. I'm sure the new managers said who he wants to bring in to replace those people. And I just hope that the Richard Arnold and the board are going to get behind Ten Hag and let him basically just rip the guts out of the club and start again, playing squad, training staff, scouting staff, medical staff, I think need to be looked at as well, because this year we've had a lot of injuries and considering this is Old Trafford that has got medical facilities built underneath the ground, because that was Alex Ferguson's last thing before he left, we should be doing a lot better with injuries than we are. Right. One last thing before we move on. You're allowed one signing at Man United, just the one. For you, who is it? Milinkovic Savic. Um, for me personally, I think he's a leader. I think he's got tenacity, determination. His skill set is unbelievable. I mean, he's probably one of the most complete midfielders I've seen in years. And if we can't get him, then the other one, I think, would be Declan Rice, just to bring some leadership into that team and, and get it sorted again. Because I think the only leader we actually have is Bruno Fernandes. And I think he's completely given up because no matter what he's done or what he's tried... No, nothing's happening. So I've just worked out who the Liverpool player is I want them to sign. Man, you want Man United to sign a Liverpool player? No, the Liverpool, as in the Liverpool one, when I said I couldn't think of anyone I wanted to bring in. Yeah, go on. Jude Bellingham. There we go. <laughs> but again, I should have actually mentioned that earlier because he was linked previously when we were talking about Declan Rice. Jude Bellingham's not going to be cheap either. You're going to be looking at like no, 100 but he's, million. He, he, I love Jude Bellingham. Uh, I think he's going to be a cracking player. A, a midfield for England in two years of Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice. Yes, please. Two years? I want it this World Cup. Thanks. Yeah, so do I. But we don't, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Please don't get no, it's not. Gareth no, no, no. again. But it's not going to Right, we'll move on to the next. We'll try and knock out some teams before we get to the bottom sides. West Ham. 
Well, this one, I think, answers itself, really, doesn't it? They need a striker. Uh, I think they need a striker and uh, probably a midfielder. If they're going to keep Declan Rice, Suchek, is it Suchek who's the centre-half? Mm-hmm. No, Suchek um, is the centre midfielder. Centre, Yeah, the central midfielder, sorry. Declan Rice's partner. Uh, he's not been as good this season as he has been previously. Um, so, yes, definitely a midfielder, but absolutely a striker. Because Mikel Antonio, but nothing against Mikel Antonio, but you're the he is their only hope. But they need a help me, Mikel. You're my only hope, yes. But he's uh not even a striker, he's done fantastically, don't get me wrong. But he's not getting you 20 goals a season, he might get you 15 if he's having a good season. He's also a proper striker, he's also 30 and loves and does you know, does enjoy a good injury. Well, unfortunately, his running style. He's all or nothing. He's a million miles an hour, that player. So he's going to pull stuff. And he's not getting any younger either. I think he's about 31 now, isn't he? But he is now international, so congratulations. Good luck to him. But no, moving on. Uh, This one, I've just seen the stats. This shocks me. Wolves are in eighth. Do you know how many goals they've scored this year? Probably about the same amount of games they've played, I would have thought. They have scored 33 goals. You need to buy a winger that replaces Jota. The, the problem is, is they've got a lot of young talent there. A lot of Portuguese talent too. Neto's a fantastic young talent. Uh, a big fan of Daniel Podence. Who... But they've not replaced Jota's. Well, they did because they replaced him with Podence. But... Yeah, but Podence clearly isn't. He doesn't but score In terms goals. of goals and assists, he's obviously not doing anywhere near what Jota did. Otherwise they would... so... Because they've only conceded 28 goals this year. Yes. I, so they can defend, learn to score. <laughs> I, I, I think they need back up to Jimenez because he's the only one they've got. Sorry, Jimenez. Because Jimenez. that's the only one they've got. Who's um, tried to rip off Butcher with the I think they're going to need another midfielder because as much as Jean Moutinho has been amazing, he's 34 now, I think. Oh, I love Jean Moutinho. So he's, his time's coming. Uh, right, next one. This team is another team, I think, overhauling coming. Leicester City. They, I, I, I would say they need a striker. However, I think them missing them, they're going to lose Yuri Tillemans this summer, and that's going to be a big hole. I think they need a lot more than just a striker and Yuri Tillemans. I don't think they've replaced. Oh, no, they do. That's why I said they need a new squad. I don't think they've replaced Chilwell at left back. I know they did have a talented youngster. Was it Thomas? Yeah, who got a big injury, so it wasn't going well. Centre half, I think they've struggled. They brought in centre halves and they've not done well. Uh, why they signed Vestergaard, I will never know. That that man turns like a tanker. But Jamie Vardy needs a replacement. He's thirty-five. A hit replacement. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> Ian Nacho. I think Ian Nacho's done very well, um, but it's not going to happen. Marco favourite name in football. Going to need to be replaced because he's 30. fifty-seven. Four, I think now, and don't get me wrong, he's doing fantastically for a 34 year old in the Premier League. But that squad needs is another one that's going to need an overhaul, indeed. Right, next one Brighton didn't know they're in the top 10, completely unaware of their season. Started uh, well, but dropped off because they can't score goals. So they're another team that needs a striker. Yes, I was about to say they've only scored 29 goals this year. However, I'm going to slightly disagree. I think. They could do with a striker. I think they need someone to provide for a striker. I think Mope does know where the goal is. just has no one to give him the ball. I would agree with you, but I still don't think, even if he does have someone who's going to give him the ball, I still don't think he's scoring more than 15 in a season. No, but for Brighton, you're pushing it to find someone who scores more than 15. Uh, To be honest, I think that there are players out there. I mean, we go on FM Scout report all the time and like, I mean, I, 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 Lorenzo Luca's available for them. I'm just. I'm sure Bacoli would like a match every now and again. Um, you know, I mean, Curry Madiemi isn't available anymore, Brighton. I'm very no, sorry, but Dortmund have beaten you to it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And to be fair, that's not a bad signing to replace your outgoing Alfie, in, uh, not Alfie Ingerhalen, because that's. Alfie Ingerhalen, fuck me. He's come back. The Erling, no. Erling, yeah, Erling. Erling Brout Harland, isn't it? Or is it yes. the other way around? Brut. 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 Aye. <laughs> Ironically, Erling Haaland, born in Leeds, just from, you didn't know that. Yeah. And doesn't play for England. What a bastard. 
<laughs> Harry Kane and Erling Haaland up front, yeah? And let's be honest, if we get Erling Haaland for England, Harry Kane's not playing. Oh, he would. He'd play like centre-mid for Southgate. Well, actually, he'd probably play the 10s, <laughs> wouldn't he? Be the only change Gareth Southgate would actually make. Anyway, moving on. Right, next one, uh, Newcastle. Should we just put new team because they're going to do it? I don't think they are. I'm going to buck the trend. I think people are expecting Newcastle to spend shitloads. And I, I don't think position. they're going to. One position. I genuinely, I, I'm convinced they're going to sign someone. Go on. I mean, they're going to sign... I think they'll sign one key player for every position, like as in centre-back, centre-mid-striker. They need to get someone next to Bruno in the midfield because John Joe Shelby is not it. No, he's done well. I think the first thing they should do when this season ends is sign Matt Target permanently. I think he's done very, very well for Newcastle and I really rate him. Matt Target. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think he's massively underrated and he has been for years. Everyone was raving about people like Konza and Twanzebe and Mings when they came up. Aston Villa. Stop it. But Target was there. We'll have no Esri Konza slander on this. On this I'm not. No, but what I'm saying is, is they were so busy <laughs> focused on the centre-halves that Matty Cash and Matt Target have largely gone unnoticed until now. Matty Cash, Poland International. I know, right? Even though he's English. <laughs> Again, the joys of international football makes no fucking sense. Um, but yeah, sorry, where were we? So Newcastle, I don't think they're going to spend as big as people think. I think this is going to be a gradual build-up because if they spend too much, then they're in breach of financial fair play and then you're getting points deductions, suspension from Europe, suspension, you know, financial ramifications as well. So I think it'll be a gradual build. I think they're going to need... They don't want to be a QPR times two. Do you remember when QPR thought they could come in the league and buy all sorts of nonsense? Well, Fulham did it. If I remember rightly, they came up a couple of years ago, spent something like £120 million and went straight back down again. I mean, we talked about it on the previous podcast of Andre Sherl. Um... Right, they'll be down again next year, don't worry. They got promoted the other day. Congratulations. I know. And can I just say, I called that one. And Mitrovic. (laughs) No, I don't think you did. If we go back... I did. I've got the predictions on my phone. Have you? Go up. Yeah. I was going to say, we'll have to listen to the pod back and, and see. But I was like, yeah, I think they're going up. And Mitrovic has been, gee, I don't know what's happened to him this year, but wow. This year, every time he, he needs a league between the Premier League and the Championship because he scores for fun in the Championship. I know. I can't hit a fucking bundle. This, this is a, a different level. I think he's hit like a goal every game or something in, in the like 39 goals in 39 games or something phenomenal like that this season it's ridiculous uh, absolutely phenomenal but yeah I think Newcastle are going to require a fair bit of surgery I actually think there's going to be more going outs than going ins having looked at the squad on champion on football manager there's a lot of crap there that really does need to go while we're while we're on the subject of promotions very quickly I'd just like to say congratulations and then cry a little bit as a Cholton fan as uh, congratulations to Forest Green Rovers who'll be playing Cholton next year um, looking forward to a trip to Forest Green next year. I don't know where that is. We'll move on. <laughs> Brentford. That's if you stay now. up, of course. Well, we're up. We're fine. We're finishing 13th and we're going to fucking like it. 12th place. Now, I'm going to say for Brentford, it's Brentford, right? I'm not going to say they need to re- They need to sign someone new. They need to re-sign Christian Eriksen. I don't care who else you bring in. Keep Eriksen. That's if he will, because I've heard that they want him back at Tottenham quite desperately. And he's very keen to go I back. Mean, he's been very, very good for them. And they, they're a few weeks ago, they were, you know, people were going, oh, they could go down. Ericsson started playing and all of a sudden they're in 12. I think when it comes to Brentford, I don't think what they do on the pitch in the transfer market is more of what they do off of it. I think they're going to have to seriously look at their business model because... Under its current guys, second season syndrome, they've got a potential to go straight back down if they don't spend. And they, from what I've read, they've actually got an enormous squad. They've got so many yeah, players massive. out on loan. Their B team's huge. Yeah, so many players out on loan. So I think they're going to have to sell them and raise some revenue. And you know, um, invest in quality Premier League just nicked half their academy star. Good for them. To become our, like, backroom staff. Good. Their, it, it their head their head of youth development or whatever he is, 
or was, is now our club director or something. Well, as long as Chelsea are actually making changes for positive changes, but Chelsea are going to link Chelsea and Brentford here. It's probably not going to please too many people. But in the same way that Brentford are going to have to clean out their under 18s, under 23s, B team, whatever you want to call it, Chelsea are going to have to do exactly the same thing because their model of buying young talent on high weight on high wages and stocking them and loaning them, that's going to have to stop under new managers unless they're going to have another Roman Abramovich come in. Right, on to 13th, Southampton. Probably the most boring club in the Premier League because I don't know plays for them. I think the thing with them is, is they don't tend to spend much money either. They seem to sell a key player every year uh, and then not really spend the cash afterwards. They've done it with Van Dijk. There's been other people that have left over due course. Gareth Bale, Theo Walcott. It goes back and back and back. I think the biggest thing for Southampton is keeping hold of James Ward-Prowse because I'd love to see him at Old Trafford under Ten Hag. I think he'd be a sensation. Him and McTominay in midfield. Oh, yes, please. Who's next? Oh, it's the uh, the, the other South London lot. Palace? Yeah, them, them ones. To be honest, I think they might need a striker because... Ben is not cutting it ever. And for some reason, they bought Edison... No, what's his name? Is it Edward? Odson. From Celtic. Yeah, Odson Edward. Yeah, Odson Edward. And then for some reason, they've decided to play him on the left or the right. They're not using him as a striker. So, what the fuck to that? I, th- I think they're going to need a couple of players, a, a decent striker or play... Edouard up front. I think they've got some really good talent in uh, Michael Elise and it is Michael Elise, isn't it? And I can't re- I can't pronounce his first name, but Eze, he's going to yeah, be Barry Eze. From, yeah, he's going to be back from injury if he's not back already, and he's going to be a cracking player. Maybe some a couple, maybe a central midfielder and a striker. I think he may have played right. the other day. I think a striker, Palace. I just need a striker. Bless them. Not bless them. I hope they get relegated and play in the conference south, frankly. But as uh and let's not have a let's not go back to our conversation about Wilfred Zaha. We'll leave that one alone. They're a, they're a, I think they need a striker. That's their big need. I think but they're that's... set defensively. I think defensively yes. they look quite good. Yes. I mean, they're also gonna have to replace Conor Gallagher. But they might sign him permanently because you don't know what the Chelsea got, situation is. They can't fit. Well, true, but they're being reported 50 million. <laughs> Unless Chelsea get rid of Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, and whoever Jorginho else is there. Le- Jorginho leaves this summer. The, the likes of him hardly going to get a game. Then you've got the situation with Billy Gilmore as well. Well, Billy Gilmore has stunk the bed out for Norwich. So. And then you've got Ross Barkley, who's been playing randomly, <laughs> who's going to... There's there's a lot of shit to get rid of uh, uh, Chelsea, let's put it that way. Right. Next one, Aston Villa. I think signing Coutinho permanently would be a good move. Yes, and then... I think that's about all they need. I'd argue they probably need to find a better player next to concert Because I don't think Means is, is good. Frankly, and neither do Villa fans. You could also argue maybe a striker, depending on your because Ollie Watkins seems to be playing more to the the side with Ings through the middle, and Ings has not really repeated his form that he showed elsewhere. But I think the big one for them is to replace Mings. I think for Villa, I think it's going to be pretty much if we've got lone players that have impressed like Coutinho has. Sign them permanently, and I think that's it. Unless they've come up, if they unless they're going to pull something fantastically out of their arsehole like they did with Coutinho, then I've well, just just seen a gif of uh, fans celebrating wildly, throwing beer everywhere, and then I looked at the the hashtag, and it was when Charlton announced that Ben Watson won't play for us next year. Yes, <laughs> I did see your message in the group chat. Right, sixteenth, Leeds United. Massive they overhaul. Could learn to defend this summer would be nice. Massive overhaul. Stop shipping goals. They need 60, everything. 68 goals they've conceded this year. They need everything. That squad has been championship level 
for the whole season. And it's actually been below championship level because when they've had their injuries, the players that they brought in are nowhere near good enough. I mean, full credit to them. For taking, Daniel James. Well, to be fair, take full credit to them for believing in their youth system. But you can't chuck kids in like Tyler Roberts and expect them to do well. He's it's, not going to do it. They're going to need... They're going to need two centre-halves easily, full-backs easily, central midfielders. Who's their left-back? I honestly couldn't tell you. Junior Firpo, full-backs. Poor old Dan James, as much as I love him. He's, he's tried his hardest, but when you're a winger... He's a about, championship player. But he's, like, he's about five foot five, and they're playing him up front. It's <laughs> What are you going to do? Seriously, Antonio Rudiger is about what six foot five. Run, Forest. Like exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it up there and see if Dan James can run. I'm not going to judge Dan James on this season because it's been a mess for Leeds, and he's been playing out of position. At least they're safe. Patrick Bamford. So to be fair to, I'm going to get his name completely wrong. Jesse March. Yes, I got it right. Bloody hell. To be fair to him, he's solidified that side and he's got them playing a little bit differently. They've even and, won a game. And I want to give him full respect because he came out in the press and said, we've had so many bad injuries because of Marco Bielsa. Yes, everybody, which me and you said. <laughs> everybody knew it was true, but nobody had the balls in the press or the pundits to actually come out and say it. So to hear his replacement come out and say, these players have been trained too hard. They're mentally and physically exhausted because they can't keep up the pace. Not of the, the football on the pitch, because by the time they get onto the pitch, they're dead. Like figuratively speaking, not actually dead. So I, I'm going to give him full credit. And I was a bit dubious about him because he went to, I think he went to Red Bull or somewhere like that. Yeah, or, he's part of the Red Bull tree. And he didn't do very well. Was it, was it? The Red Bull did take over Dortmund or somewhere like that. No, he was, at, he was at. So he was at Red Bull New York and then went to Leipzig. And uh, he didn't do very well. But to be fair, he's come in and he's worked with what he's got and he's got results. So massive overhaul at Leeds. The only thing oh, I would boo. say is they've got a really good young goalkeeper. Yes, Melier. Right, moving on. Get your salutes ready because Everton are due a major overhaul. Major overhaul. <laughs> <laughs> Everton need um, everything. But do they have the money? No, but they need everything. They didn't have the money at the start of the season. Well, and they got if, you fucking... have, if you have to say one place that Everton must improve... Go on. Why is it defence? I'm going to go a slightly different direction. You want to keep playing Michael Keane at the back? No, but I think what they actually need is a new manager. Yes, well, I agree with that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I'm in complete agreement. He hasn't been there a lot. I just don't think he's the man for a fight like that. I think he's one of those people who... I remember you talking about Edgar Davids at Barnet, and I heard similar things about Thierry Henry over in America. There's certain players that go into coaching and they just can't deal with it if the players that they're coaching can't do what they did as players. And I think Frank Lampard's one of them. I think Steven Gerrard's different. And I think Get Frank carried Lampard... carried by Didier Drogba. Um, woof, woof, who said that? Um, but yeah, so I, I think personally, I think... That one will go down well. <laughs> a change in, in manager and a change in, uh, change in management structure as well, I think will help. Changing everything structure, I think, from the um, top down. Well, to be honest, I'm managing them on Football Manager at the moment and I've made quite a few changes. Yerry Mina's going to have to go for starters because he's crippled as fuck. He's supposed to be their club captain, their best player. He's crippled. I mean, he is their best player. Um, He's just not on the pitch. Michael King shot to pieces. Can't run anymore either. Who is their left back now? Vitaly Mikolenko. Right, so he's the young lad who's come in from the Ukraine. Can't really judge him because of everything that's gone on. He hasn't had too much game time and it's been chaos at Everton anyway. Right back. And judge the fact that the club let Lucas Dino walk out. Yeah, but that was Rafa Benitez's fault, to be fair. Should have fucked um, off Rafa instead. Well, they did eventually. Which was the <laughs> eventually, they should have done it instead. Right back, I know they've got Nathan Patterson, who's injured at the moment. It does have potential, but Shayton Coleman needs to retire and John Joe Kenny's nowhere near good enough. 
Midfield, I think they've got two decent midfielders in Allen and yeah. Tom, uh, yeah, in Allen and Tom Davis. I think they're both very good. Tom Davis, who wasn't even registered. The I know it's a disgrace, but yeah, Fabian Delphis. I think we had this previously. <laughs> um, Fabian Delph and Allen. Yeah. I mean, Allen, Allen, Allen's great. He just his legs have just died. But he, you can change his role to to suit. now. He now he just sits there and moves like a robot. Past I think his with way, him and past Tom. His way. I think him and Tom in midfield, because Tom Allen is such an energetic player. I think the two of them together, I think they could bounce off quite well. I know they do for my side. <laughs> see, I, see I, I rate Decore, right? However, he's quite clearly choosing not to play. I've never rated him, so I'm not surprised. I'm no, trying to flog him at the moment as well. So <laughs> Wide, and, I think they need major oh, surgery. Hold on. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was thinking when I... Yeah, wingers, you need some. Um, yeah, you they just, need you, you two. Need need Minimum more. two. You got Richardson and Damari Gray. I'd keep. He's a Andros player. Townsend can sod off. Anthony Gordon, is it? Yes, baller. I think he's done very, very well, so he needs to stay. But and I think they need someone better than Solomon Rondon to back up a really crap Calvert Lewin. Rafa's brought in Rondon, did a deal with West Brom. He's another one that I, ironically, I sell as soon as I can. And uh, for Burnley, Norwich and whoever the other team is in the bottom three, Watford. Norwich will keep the same squad, let's be fair. Yes. I they'll keep Watford. the same squad and they'll come straight back up again next year. And so Watford, will Watford. I don't know. I think a couple of players will leave because they've got a lot of players on loan who will go back to their parent club. Well, I can rightly say Tom Cleverley is where he belongs to be, not in the Premier League. I think they might struggle to hold on to maybe Saar as well because I think... Liverpool, that last year. Well, Liverpool keep sniffing around him. So. Eman- Emmanuel Dennis, if he's in the Championship, it's going to be fucking pain in the arse. Pain in the arse. I think he's going to tear that division a new arsehole, well, to be honest. Um, we're not in it, so not my problem. <laughs> the, the one that really worries me the most I think is Burnley. I think they're done. I don't think oh, they're yeah. coming back up. Bye, lads. Their new management team, whoever it is, has got a no, world not. full of trouble. <laughs> There's bang average players in there that are not even really good enough for championship level now. And Nick Pope's going to Fulham, so you don't even have a keeper. Oh, bloody hell. Is he off to Fulham? Um, yeah, well, that's been rumoured that they're 50, £15 million. Pounds. And the owners have sold the club hook, crook, Loan leveraged it against so much debt that they're just not going to have any money. The only kind of a... hope that they're going to have is they might get some decent money for Dwight Neal. Well, I mean, he hasn't played in ages. Who's favourite for the Burnley job right now? It's probably Chris... going to be someone like Sam Allardyce, Chris Wilder, and Carlos Carver. Fuck me, don't get Carlos Carver. How? Who the hell is Kajit Knutson? <laughs> Right, hold on. We're doing some research. Rooney's second favourite. Rooney's not leaving Derby. I'm telling you right now. Derby are going to what's known in the trade as piss the league next year. Well, it depends on their situation. Because well, their again, situation is solved by the looks of it. Is it? Have they been bought? This, this American fella's closing in. He's been, yeah, it looks like he's a, about to do the deal. So Because Rooney did say it very much depended on the new owners as to whether he stays or not. So if Tom Lawrence comes to League One, that's filth. And <laughs> I've seen Christian Bielik in League One already, and I know that's filth because he did it for a year with us. I think for me personally, I think there's only two Burnley players that I actually like, and that's Dwight and is it McNeil or O'Neill? Dwight McNeil, yeah. And the left back, Matty Taylor. Taylor. Who's ben Taylor. Technic- Charlie. Charlie Taylor, sorry. Yeah, Matty Taylor was the one who played for Charlton, wasn't Portsmouth. Oh, and there was a Matty Taylor for us as well, yeah. Yeah, so Charlie Taylor, I think they're the only two that could probably get a a, a move to the Premier League. But I've just realised who Charlton are going to replace Chris Dunton with. Go on. Curtis Davis, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be, isn't it? Uh, well, well, I wouldn't have thought so because like they don't play in the same position, but you never know. Chris Dunton played right centre-back for us. Oh, dear. Uh, I saw him play at right back. He wasn't very good there. I, I saw him. I wish he played left back in the fucking change. Left him back in Wales, as far as I'm concerned. Newport's calling. Fuck off. Yes, but unfortunately, I think Burnley are the club that just won't come back up. And oh, I, oh, I yeah. could see them being 
I, I really don't want this to happen, but I can see them being the next Bolton. Be a financial fucking mess. On the bright side, I've just worked out who Fred's partner is next season. Who's that? Ben Watson. Yeah, yeah, all right. Are you signing? Are you signing Fred and Ben Watson then? I'm gonna have neither. <laughs> Our midfield is gonna be the same as it is today. George Dobson and Jake Forster Kasky. I think we've gone a while on that. That was a good one. So I yes. think we'll cut it off there. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Big salute to what's his name? Major, what have we decided yeah, it was? Major overhaul. Major overhaul. <laughs> we will see you all very soon. Once again, if you check out the Let Us Talk score, we play tomorrow night, as tonight is Thursday, tomorrow night, Friday, in the quarterfinal of the Infinity Cup. I'm not there because Southend's really far to get to after a day at work. But um, good luck to the boys. Hopefully we get it back with a win. And the Proper Blokes Club, check out their walks on their Twitter, at Blokes Club on their website, which is www.properblokesclub.co.uk and look for your walk near you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.